Hey friends, I'm Elena Davis, your integrative health coach, and I'm so glad you're here. This is the Health Forward podcast where each week we will be talking about different things that move us forward toward a healthier and more fulfilling life. Thanks so much for listening in. Hi friends, welcome back to the Health Forward podcast. This is episode number 30, and today I'm going to be talking about a topic that is really significant to me and something I've honestly spent the last five to six years of my life learning about, and that is endometriosis. March is National Endometriosis Awareness Month, and as someone who has been diagnosed with endometriosis, I really want to take some time this month to provide some education and some awareness around the topic. I'm going to be devoting all podcast episodes this month to this topic, just so that we can really get to know more about the condition and about the symptoms that people who have this condition deal with, because honestly, they don't usually talk about it very much. It's kind of a, a thing that a lot of people suffer in silence with either because it's just of a personal nature or because they are afraid that people just won't understand or they'll think they're just being dramatic. Um, Most times, unless you really know someone well, this isn't something you would just know about someone because most people with endometriosis look completely normal and healthy on the outside. Unfortunately, there seem to be a lot more questions about endometriosis than there are answers currently, but the more we can help to educate women about what we do know about it and what we have seen that has helped in some of these cases, hopefully the more people can find some relief and some improvement in their symptoms of this condition. It's estimated that 1 in 10 women in the U.S. have been diagnosed with endometriosis, and really, that number is probably pretty low. It's probably actually higher than that due to the fact that a lot of women go years with symptoms of endometriosis without actually getting a diagnosis, and we'll get more into that in a minute. So let's just start with the basics of what is endometriosis. Maybe you've never heard of this before, or maybe you know someone who has it, but you don't really understand it. Maybe you have it yourself and no one has really taken the time to explain it to you. So let's just start there. Endometriosis is an inflammatory hormonal condition that causes the lining of the uterus, also known as um, the endometrium, to grow in other places in the body where it's not supposed to grow. So places outside of the uterus. This tissue bleeds every month. Um, It sheds and bleeds every month, just like the inside of the uterus. So in a woman, that is when she would have her period every month. This, This tissue that's outside of her uterus, it bleeds the same. And that's triggered from hormones. And so it happens the same every month. The problem is that when this tissue is growing outside of the uterus, it has no exit from the body. And so this blood just becomes severely irritating to the nerves, especially when it's found in the abdomen, um, on other organs in the abdomen. And that can lead to just inflammation and severe pain in the body. Over time, this irritation and inflammation, it leads to scar tissue, also known as adhesions, that 
develop on the pelvic and the abdominal organs and it can actually cause those adhesions can actually cause those organs to stick together and form kind of like a mass in the abdomen and this can lead to all kinds of things as you can imagine um, bladder and bowel pain constipation pain with ovulation severe cramping um infertility is pretty common, chronic pelvic pain, and then pain with sex as well. Unfortunately, there's not an agreed upon root cause for endometriosis. There are a few different theories and there's several different things being studied. But right now, what we do know is that once endometriosis is developed, It is an inflammatory condition, and it does cause the body to have an abnormal immune response. So what are some of the most common symptoms of endometriosis, and how is it diagnosed? So endometriosis is complicated for a lot of reasons, but the variability in symptoms and the difficulty in diagnosing the condition are some of the most frustrating parts to it. Symptoms can vary so much from woman to woman. Some women have extremely painful, heavy periods with a lot of cramping, sometimes even debilitating to the point that they have to miss work or miss school due to the pain. Some women have um, GI symptoms, specifically around the time of their period every month, things like IBS or um, just, you know, constipation or pain with bowel movements. And then for some women, they have no pain at all, or at least very little pain. Infertility is also a very common symptom of endometriosis. And sometimes that can be the first indication, especially in these women that aren't symptomatic. They don't have regular um, monthly, like heavy, severe pain. Really, the infertility can be the first indication that there's even something going on or any level of dysfunction in their reproductive system. And then a few other symptoms are things like upper leg pain, joint pain, extreme bloating in the lower belly. This is um, often referred to as endobelly. If you hear that, that's what that's referring to. And then also ovarian cysts known as endometriomas. As far as diagnosing endometriosis, There just really isn't an easy answer here either. The only way to be absolutely sure that a woman has endometriosis is through an exploratory laparoscopy, which is a surgical procedure where they make a tiny incision and they use a scope to explore the abdomen and they're looking for that endometrial tissue. Obviously, this is a very invasive diagnostic measure and it definitely comes with risk. You know, you're going to be put Um, under anesthesia, there's risk of creating even more scar tissue and adhesions from the incision itself. Doctors can sometimes make an educated guess based on symptoms. And there are a few studies that have shown use of certain lab markers may indicate endometriosis in the body, but that is not a widely accepted method for diagnosis. Really the surgical, um, option is the one that is mostly accepted and mostly performed. The other major issue when we're talking about diagnosing endometriosis is how often it's missed because the most common symptom for women with endometriosis is very painful periods. 
Often the patient is just dismissed as either having a very low pain threshold or being overly dramatic about what that physician may consider normal PMS symptoms. Also, it's just become an easy fix to prescribe either pain meds or NSAIDs or um, an oral contraceptive to try to help with the pain rather than exploring the cause or assuming that it might be something abnormal. So a lot of times these women are coming in with symptoms and I've read so many stories of women that have gone to five, six, seven, eight different doctors before someone actually says, oh, wait, maybe your pain is not normal. Maybe that's not just like cramping that the majority of women experience every month. Maybe it's something more and they actually start to look for something like endometriosis. And unfortunately, when, you know, we just do these quick fix things that just puts a bandaid on it and it doesn't actually fix the problem and it doesn't provide any real long-term solution for the pain because you can't stay on pain meds the rest of your life. And if you want to conceive, staying on birth control or um, oral contraceptives isn't an option either. So what are the treatment and pain management options for women with endometriosis? Again, there's not a super simple answer for this, nor is there a one-size-fits-all answer. There has not been a single treatment that has been found to be effective for all women dealing with this issue. One common treatment option, probably the most common treatment option, is um, the surgery that I mentioned, the surgical excision. Once that operation is done, the exploratory um, laparoscopy, once they're, it's done, if they're, while they're operating, they see that there is endometriosis, that there is the endometrium growing outside of the, uter- the uterus, they will go ahead and remove that as well as any adhesions that they find. And even though this option does provide temporary relief a lot of times from the pain, from those symptoms, it doesn't, again, it still doesn't address the root cause. Often the tissue, the endometrial tissue will regrow. And so the um, surgery ends up having to be repeated because the symptoms will just come right back as soon as that, the, that tissue has started to regrow. Also, some women who are trying or they are not trying to become pregnant, so they're not trying to conceive, they may choose a hormonal therapy option such as oral contraceptives, as I mentioned before, or other medications that completely suppress ovulation. Um, but again, here they still they still end up dealing with recurring pain and recurring symptoms that is not that has not been found to be a long term solution. And then some women may even choose a hysterectomy. Um, oftentimes just out of desperation, maybe they've had several of these excision surgeries and it keeps coming back and, um, they just don't really know what else to do. And so if they are either done having children or they've decided not to have kids, or unfortunately, sometimes they just, they've been told that that's not even an option for them. They will just go ahead and have a hysterectomy. Endometriosis can honestly be such a debilitating and horribly frustrating condition because of these things that I've just mentioned, because 
it's really hard to get a diagnosis. And then once you do get a diagnosis, there's not really a super clear treatment plan. And the treatment plans that they have are not long-term solutions. And so they end up having to be repeated over and over and over. And a lot of times women still experience symptoms, even through having surgeries and things like that. And so it can just be a very difficult to deal with condition. The good news is that there are some alternative treatments that have been shown to be helpful in the management of symptoms, as well as in reducing the overall inflammation in the body, which will help to address any root cause of dysfunction in the body. Even though we cannot pinpoint and say this is exactly what causes a woman to develop endometriosis, we know that it is rooted in inflammation. And so if we can work on the inflammation, a lot of times that can help to not only reduce the symptoms, but to really just help heal the body. There's not a cure per se, but this is really kind of as close as what I've seen to that. First of all, based on what we have learned about the role of a healthy microbiome or good gut health and how that plays such a significant role in hormonal balance and um, overall inflammation in the body, taking steps to improve gut health is a really great place to start. Like I said earlier, most women that have endometriosis have GI symptoms. And so IBS or leaky gut syndrome or overgrowth of candida or maybe another underlying um, virus or parasite or something like that, those can often be linked to having endometriosis and causing that um, just dysbiosis in the gut and then causing all of those inflammatory responses in the body. And so whether that actually causes the endometriosis or it's just coincidental that both of those they're not coincidental. Or it's just happening at the same time as the hormonal balance. It's, it's one of those like chicken and egg situations. We don't really know exactly what the first trigger is. What we do know is that having poor gut health, having dysbiosis, having leaky gut syndrome, or an overgrowth of some of these bad um, gut bugs will absolutely make it worse and it will continue the condition. And so really starting to work on your gut health, and that is an entire um, process, but really working to reduce the um, inflammatory foods in our gut and really working to make sure that we are replenishing our guts with good bacteria um, and healing the lining of our intestines will all go a long way in helping with that. And then also just living an anti-inflammatory lifestyle. So um, specifically with the way of eating and diet, um, those have had really positive effects on symptoms and then addressing that root inflammation. So what does an anti-inflammatory diet really look like? That's going to be a lot of vegetables, a lot of plant-based eating. And so Um, Lots of leafy greens and other fiber-rich vegetables like broccoli and cauliflower and Brussels sprouts and things that have just a rougher texture. That's usually a good indicator that they have a decent amount of fiber in them. And then healthy fats like avocado and nuts and olive oil and coconut products like coconut oil and coconut milk and clean protein from like fish and then other plant-based proteins like legumes. Also avoiding known inflammatory foods like dairy and gluten and corn, 
even beef, and sometimes caffeine, as painful as that is to hear, (laughs) those things, avoiding those things can help calm inflammation. And especially the dairy and the gluten and the corn, those are known to be inflammatory for the majority of people, whether you have endometriosis or not. And then the red meat um, has also been shown in caffeine. They've both been shown to increase inflammation and also some symptoms, especially pain with endometriosis specifically. And so those are things that are beneficial to cut out, um, just to help calm the inflammation and also really to allow your gut to heal more quickly. Also supplementing, making sure that you're taking a good multivitamin, a whole foods multivitamin, omega-3 fatty acids are extremely helpful in reducing inflammation. So those are a good idea. And then if you're deficient in anything like vitamin D, making sure you're getting that in as well. And then as far as the rest of an anti-inflammatory lifestyle, you know, that looks like really working to reduce and manage your stress levels and getting at least eight hours of quality sleep every night and moving your body every day, 20 to 30 minutes every day. You know, those things are not new. Those are kind of the things we talk about in general as far as having a healthy lifestyle, but all of them work to reduce inflammation in the body. And so when you have a specifically inflammatory condition, it's even more important that you really value and prioritize those things in order to really get that inflammation down. In addition, there are some other alternative methods that have really been shown to help so much in the management of symptoms, the treatment of symptoms, and then overall reducing the inflammation. Um, Things like using herbal supplementation, working with a licensed herbalist who knows the um, proper usage and proper dosages of herbs can be super helpful for that. And then also acupuncture can be extremely beneficial when it comes to managing the pain and other symptoms as well as overall just helping the body to function better, helping to reduce inflammation in the body overall. The other factor, the other lifestyle factor that has been shown to be very important in dealing with endometriosis is reducing exposure to environmental toxins. So whether from non-organic foods, especially non-organic meats, um, having a lot of exposure to plastics and the chemicals in plastics, toxic beauty or personal products, household cleaners, and things like that. All these toxic exposures, they increase inflammation in the body and they are known endocrine disruptors. And so they're known to have an effect on the hormones and on the reproductive system. And so They also greatly increase the toxic load on our liver and our other detox pathways in our body. And these exposures can lead to increased levels of estrogen in the body, which can further create hormonal imbalance. And then again, it leads to even more inflammation. And so our bodies just get in this pattern of inflammation and that inflammation causing all these downstream effects, including these horrible, difficult, and frustrating symptoms And then unfortunately, a lot of our lifestyle factors and just things we're exposed to without even really realizing it can create more inflammation. And so we end up in this pattern of inflammation and symptoms and inflammation and symptoms and inflammation and symptoms. And it, it can be very difficult to feel like you can break the cycle, but the good news is that you can in the 
these specific things, the, what we eat and how we move our bodies and how we deal with stress and whether we're sleeping and the products that we use and the things we allow in our home, those all can have positive effects on breaking that cycle of inflammation in the body. There's no question about it. However you choose to treat endometriosis, whether it's the surgical route, it's a medication, whether you choose to deal with it with lifestyle changes or a combination of the three, it's going to take work. It's estimated that someone with endometriosis will end up spending the same amount in healthcare expenses as someone with diabetes. And we know how how quickly that can add up with diabetes. It's continual management of a disease. And so it's it's similar for endometriosis. It is a very, very real, very difficult condition. And for those who are dealing with it on a daily basis, it can become all-consuming because it does take that continual thought, especially when you're in a pain cycle and you're continually having symptoms. The good news is, is that there, there is hope though. There is a lot of research being done and there are a lot of alternative treatments to try. And they, those treatments that I mentioned, um, specifically like the acupuncture and the lifestyle changes, they're helping a lot of women regain control of their health and then also providing relief of these symptoms. So they're able just to live their lives and not be consumed by the symptoms of this condition. If you know someone who has endometriosis, use this month, um, endometriosis awareness month as, um, a good reminder for you to reach out to them and check on them. Let them know that you care about them and see if there's something you can do to help them or encourage them. I guarantee you they can use your encouragement. In the next episode I'm going to be releasing later this week, I'm going to be sharing my story with endometriosis and the things that have helped me. I'm also going to link a few resources in the show notes of this episode that will help you find more information about endometriosis, about the different treatment options, um, about some of these alternative therapies that I've mentioned, and hopefully whether it's for you or someone you know, um, those things will serve to help you with that. As always, if you have questions, you can leave a comment here or send me a DM on Instagram. You can find me by searching the handle at your health forward. Also, if you want to find more information about healthy living or about holistic healing, you can find that on my website, yourhealthforward.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. Please remember that the content in this episode is not to be considered as medical advice and is only intended as general health information. Thanks so much for listening in today. See you back here next week for another episode of the Health Forward podcast.